Alesmith Brewing Company, Mira Mesa, right off Miramar Road. Let's hear it, people out there. Everybody's drinking, eating, having a great time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Gwynn and Chris, out and about on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for joining us out here. And uh, if you haven't made your way by, uh, I understand there's a, a little bit of a backup to get into the parking lot here. But uh, take your time, relax. We've got SeaWorld tickets to give away. We've got Lululemon gear that uh, were, uh, were uh, prizes, yes. right? Padre tickets. And then we got food and drink specials. We got food trucks here, and uh, you got Tony's beer. You got Tony's dad's beer, and got a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So we're hanging out here till seven o'clock, and uh, we got the we'll have the uh, the basketball game on here in about an hour. So uh, come on by, find yourself a spot, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. And uh, once again, I want to say thanks to Joanna, Peter, everybody here at Ale House for hosting us, Tony, and. Uh, and Melissa and the gang from Lululemon for outfitting, outfitting us. Yeah, because that's easy to do for you, but to do for me that was a challenge. And they <laughs> and they did an unbelievable job. Even my wife just came by and said, "I can't believe how good you look." See? Hey, Tony, how are so Chris's that, yoga pants? I don't have yoga pants. <laughs> he, can, huh? he, he said for the whole week he was going to be wearing yoga pants, and I'm like, "What?" See, Number one, that, that is that comes from somebody's mouth that hasn't really shopped at Lulu yet, right? <laughs> and then you get in there, and all of a sudden you realize it's not just yoga pants. Scraby, they're not going to even allow you in Lululemon. <laughs> oh, nothing will fit me, so that's okay. I'm going to tell them not to allow you in. Scraby's that's on, not very nice. Scraby's getting close to going in the book. Whoa! If he keeps it up today. Getting, uh -oh. the book. Today. We can't have that. We can't have that. Also, so, it, get so, registered for that, yeah, too. Yeah, we got the, the Tony Gwynn 5.5K is going to be Saturday, June 23rd, 2018. If you're interested in being a part of it, uh, you can register at TonyGwynn5K.org. For the last two years, prior to this this year, uh, it was held. It was The starting part of the race was here yeah. at, L, at L. Smith Brewery. Uh, this year it's going to be at Lake Poway where the new statue of my dad and my sister is. Uh, so it, it's a pretty cool event. Get on out there and, and, and make sure uh, you get a chance to participate. Uh, also, don't forget, you can check us out on 973thefansd.com. Uh, we have our blog up there. You can also catch us at Instagram on Instagram at 973thefan and on Twitter at 973thefansd. All of that stuff works, yes. And uh, by the way... Uh, the, the young lady, uh, Gabby, was it, who yes. caught the foul? Did you everybody see this yesterday? She caught the foul ball in her cup of beer. Baseball pong. At, uh, at Petco Park. A foul Baseball ball. beer pong. I see what I should call it. She reached up with her beer, caught the ball in her cup, and then chugged the beer. Didn't hesitate. And did not hesitate. Clearly and she played this game before. Gabby is, she has become an internet sensation. She has. Like she over has. a million views. And uh, she's going to actually join us on the show in a little while, so we're going to talk to her about that. That's coming up in a little bit. So. Scrape, we're not going to really Sit have time to do. That. We're not going to have time to do Big Five, huh? Oh yeah, we, oh, in the next segment we, we can, can do, do it in the next five. segment. But so tell I, me about LeBron. I want to tell you about my man LeBron. I should say your man LeBron James, because that's you're, right. I'm you're rooting, you're, I'm you're rooting a huge for him Cleveland now. fan right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting for him now. So uh, according to the Big League, this is uh, part of US, USA Today Sports. Uh, four entertainment industry sources are saying that LeBron James. Four? Four of them. Four sources. Of them, okay. four, four entertainment sources. These aren't basketball sources, mind you. I need to point that out. It's entertainment sources. All saying that LeBron will be wearing the purple and gold next year. 
Already? That's what they're saying. They already know this? They are saying, they said, I've had four different sources in the entertainment industry, none of them been basketball people. LeBron is coming to the Los Angeles Lakers with Paul George, and he has had to put X, Y, and Z in motion from a marketing standpoint. So, what is the X, Y, and Z? Can you can you share one of the X's? You know one of them. Oh, Didn't somebody tell us, and I don't even remember who it was, that supposedly, according to sources, LeBron's got some kids already enrolled in school in somebody, Los Angeles? Somebody close to the show has told us Somebody that. told us that, too. <laughs> now, that... that we and that was actually a couple weeks ago, so, I mean, it kind of yeah. lines up. I feel I feel I, like I don't want to be blurting that out on the radio so people right. are driving along go, oh, really? That's true? We don't really have that confer- confirmed. The, that last bit of information, we don't have that confirmed. That, that right. last bit we don't have confirmed, but some people are even saying that he's got some kids already enrolled enrolled in private schools in Los Angeles. If that turned out to be true, then I would start to really start buying in and believing all of this stuff that you're telling me now. Well, I'm buying and believing it because I'm a Laker fan, so I'm going to just you know hope, pray that that is true. And we get both LeBron and Paul George and not have to give up anything. We're going to be a tough team if we got those two guys on there, plus the guys that we already have. You know who else thinks? Yes, I said we. You know who else thinks that the Lakers are going to get LeBron James? Who's that? Uh, The Las Vegas uh, odds (laughs) makers. Did you see this? (laughs) The odds are already out to win the 2009 or 2009, 2019 NBA title next year. Obviously, Golden State's the favorite uh, for next year. Houston is the number two choice, Philadelphia and Boston. But the number five choice at 20 to 1 odds, and by the way, if you knew LeBron James was going to be a Laker, you would might want to put a couple bucks on this at 20 to 1. Right. But the net, the number five choice is the Lakers. That's not because of the team they have right now. That's not because way. of the team they have right now that didn't even make the playoffs <laughs> no, this year. So no. obviously the people in Las Vegas, that that's the best odds you can get on the Lakers right now. Go put your money is down. 20-1 to 1 that they're going to win the title next year. That's because the people in Vegas think he's going to wind up a Laker too. Uh, yeah, I mean, and listen, so, Vegas isn't wrong very often. We, we know no, that. No, they seem to know these things. That's why, they're good at, that's why they're good at that's taking why they everybody's keep, money. That's why they keep building new casinos all the time. <laughs> that's right. Because they, they're right more times than they're not. So, well, look, the only problem you're going to have is when LeBron James goes to the Lakers is that you and I are going to be sitting here about a year from now as the Lakers get ready to play the Warriors in the Western Conference Final, only you're going to be me and I'm going to be you. <laughs> and I'm going to be telling you why it's impossible for LeBron to beat the Warriors, and you're going to be telling me how I'm off my rocker and how LeBron is going to beat the Warriors like I'm trying to tell you now. Well, the only thing, I uh, should say the only person that this doesn't apply to is LeBron James. But that team will be a year older, a year slower, the, oh, the Golden the State Golden State because oh, they don't okay. have LeBron on their team. LeBron obviously gets to defy all Father Time things that seem to affect the rest of us mere mortals. So he was looking a little tired in Game Two, Tony. As he scored, what? How many did he put? Ah, uh, thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, thirty-two. Thirty-two and thirteen assists. Probably shot somewhere around fifty percent. You know, so it, he might have been tired, but his tired is still everybody yeah. else. Twenty-nine points he had in Game Two, actually. Twenty-nine and thirteen assists. And but, we already talked about all the shots that they missed, so he probably would have had more assists than that if had they just made a couple. If they buttons. just made a couple wide open shots. Right. Right. 
So I know. I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm hopeful. If LeBron James goes to the Lakers, it makes perfect sense. The NBA needs to get him in a bigger market. He, he did his due diligence going back to Cleveland. He got them their championship in Cleveland. Don't think he owes Cleveland anything more. No. I know he still doesn't like the owner in Cleveland for the things Clearly, that were said you, about him did, when he first left. Did you see their uh, exchange when they won, when they got to the finals? He walked by, everybody's giving hugs, and he walked by and just kind of slapped his hand. Like, Didn't even Have no time to have to a long conversation no. with you. What's that guy's name? Dan, Dan Gilbert? Gilbert. Yes. Yeah, he does not like Dan I Gilbert. I mean, that, that was a scathing um, letter he wrote to the season ticket holders when LeBron left the first time. I don't scathing. Think that, I don't think that's been forgotten. It's definitely not been forgotten by LeBron James, and that's why most people think that he has two games minimum left with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And or he's still, two or three, whatever it takes for this series to be over. He's still kind of throwing like subliminal shots on Twitter. I saw right after LeBron came out and said that he never wanted to trade, uh, he called the front office and told him not to trade Kyrie Irving. That's I think right. That very next day, Dan Gilbert had like some type of tweet out there basically highlighting the fact that it was a smart GM that made the second moves that got this team back into the position. He did mention LeBron James first, but he made a point to mention the GM and some of the other moves that were made besides LeBron James just having the best season of his career. Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I, I, as soon as this series is over, believe me, I'm going to go right back to being a Cleveland Cavalier <laughs> hater. It's not going to take me very long either. Like, as soon as the final gun goes off, I'll be just fine with that. And I'll be right back to hating on Golden State like I always have, Jim. Where you at? I don't know. The way you've been talking Golden State, they may have to put you an honorary member of the parade. Well, we already talked about this. I already said I picked them, so i got to make my pick look good. I can't talk about my oh, pick. Oh, what a great pick that was. <laughs> wow, you just went so far of, out on a I limb. I didn't go out on a limb. I oh, never said goodness. that. God, I hope you don't get hurt out there on that limb. Hey, I'm not pick Golden State. Hey, I'm not the guy who decided to pick Cleveland when they had zero shot to win this series. They didn't have. They still have zero shot to win this. They have. They have a lot less shot now than they had at the beginning. That's about the same. It's about the same. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wrong. That means it must be Chris Ello. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. This is Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Really happy everybody came by today. Gwen and Chris, we are at the uh, Ale Smith uh, Brewing Company here in uh, Mira Mesa, right off Miramar Road. Still time to drop by. We'll be here till 7 o'clock, giving away all kinds of prizes and Padres tickets and SeaWorld tickets and Lululemon gear and all the rest of it. And uh, we're arguing about the NBA Finals, and Tony's whipping me. The game hasn't even started yet. I feel like I've been defeated already. Sorry I'm taking some of my frustration. I've got this wrapping my mind around this long flight I have to get on to go to Miami. you got a long road. Well, you and the Padres got a long road trip. But we didn't. I don't know if we mentioned the good news that maybe some Padre fans did not get after the game today. Not only the Padres win today 3-1 over Atlanta, but the Giants, Alan Hansen, the rookie, hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. Walk to off. tie the or game. Tie. They ended up winning, right? And then Brandon Crawford had an RBI single in the 10th. So the Giants beat Arizona. So now the Padres are back within four and a half games of first place. And now all of a sudden I want them to buy players. <laughs> See, I'm changing every day. 
that's how they fool you, right? I'm you, changing every you, day. You start you start buying in, and you should buy in because they're starting to play a better brand of baseball. But we'll see on this 23 or 28 on the road, right? That's right. and then I think that's what the organization's going to say. Let's right. see how this next month goes. And that's the beauty of the 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 deadline being extended. It gives you a little bit longer to figure out whether you are a buyer or a seller, and. Really, with the Giants playing some better baseball, the Dodgers have gotten real hot here. That's annoying. <laughs> but it was what we all thought was going to happen at the beginning of the season, But we right? hoped it wouldn't. Right. But it's, it's starting to turn that way. No, they're 500. They've won 14 out of 18. Since Justin Turner's been back, I mean, he hasn't necessarily swung the bat better. But just having him but back. But just having him back has made a difference. Where would they be without Matt Kemp right now? Matt Kemp's been awesome yeah. for the Dodgers. I didn't realize he was as good as he was when he was with the Padres. I looked it up I, yesterday. I thought I, he was I, terrible I was, I with was the Padres. I was trying to tell people that. Like, I know there are some issues with him maybe getting a little bit, gaining a little bit of weight. But as far as production is concerned, there should have been no, nothing to be said about it, honestly. He had 23 home runs. He had 100 RBIs. And then he hit 23 more home runs the next year for the Padres before they traded, traded him. him. Right. And he hit 12 more with Atlanta. So Matt Kemp did his thing for the Padres. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like he did. It just didn't seem like he had the impact that everybody wanted him to have. Well, he didn't have the impact in the locker room, maybe, that the Padres mm. were, were expecting. But from an from a actual production standpoint, there's no, there should be no argument there. Yeah, it's not fair to dislike Matt Kemp and say, I don't like Matt Kemp because he wasn't good for the Padres. Right, because that's not true. You can say you don't like Matt Kemp just for, for whatever you other reason, like him, right. But don't say you don't like him because he, he was pretty good for the Padres. All right, Scraby's going to go crazy here. The Big Five was supposed to be at 5 o'clock. <laughs> it's 520. Uh, if, if, we keep talk, if we keep talking like this, it's going to be the big one today. So uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. The Sienna Field Superstar. Big. Woohoo! I say, sports fans. Five. Hope you're ready for this. The Big Five. Big Five. I just have to say, I'm just so jealous of you guys being down here. You guys get a new view and all that? I can't believe you're not down here. I, I can't this, believe that either. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, because I'm not saw, there? I just saw Tony's mom for the first time since, like, almost, like, back in college. Wow. I mean, I'm so excited. That's I, awesome. It's, it's, everybody's down. It's, it's, it's a who's who. Yeah. It's fantastic. Blue Mendoza's here. Did you know that? <laughs> Number five. The right, Blue. Just, he didn't want to hear about Blue. <laughs> no. All right. Do you guys remember Jose Reyes? Uh, yeah. All right. Sure. Well, the Mets, they're going to release him. They've already discussed it, but they're cautious because they want to give him a proper send-off because of his contributions to the franchise. We're going to start with Tony. Tony, are the Mets thinking in the right place, or are they overthinking it? I, I mean, listen, I, I'm never going to be mad at an organization for actually doing something for a player that's big, that's contributed to their organization. Uh, a lot of organizations wouldn't do it this way. They would just get rid of the guy, you know, not have to worry about spending the money on the player. But they've chosen to do the right thing in this case. And it's far and few between that teams actually go about doing this. We've seen the Lakers do it recently. Uh, but there aren't a lot of teams that are willing to go that route. So I, I like it. Chris? Jose Reyes uh, stole lady bases for the Mets and uh, had, had a, some phenomenal seasons for that team. So I think in that regard... You know, he deserves a nice send-off from New York. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, though, Tony. He ran into some issues off the field 
that I don't know, it, it took him out of the game for a little while, did it yeah, not? He was suspended from, I think he was from, the, suspended from the Rockies for a, for a, the a substantial amount of time. That's yeah. sort of way it was a, a domestic violence, I think, situation. I, I'm not sure that it But ever, it didn't have anything to do with the Mets. Right. And I think their fans love him. And if they love him, then he should get a good send-off. Yeah. Number four. All right, I'm going to play this clip. This is DeAndre Ayton, the guy who was at the center of the NCAA basketball scandal. He was uh, interviewed today, and this is what he said. How many other teams will you work out for? No one else. This is person. Yeah. Does that mean you you think you're going number one? I know I'm going number one. All right, the Suns are number one. They haven't said yet that he is – they haven't told him anything, according to his camp. He's just saying that he's going to go to the Suns. So, Chris, is that confidence or arrogance? That's just knowing the truth. <laughs> That's neither. I mean, he's the best player. He should be. If the Suns don't take him with a number one pick, they're, I, I would say they're very, very dumb. I mean, this kid is unbelievable. Uh, you know, the problems he had off the court, they're, they're immaterial. Once you get to the NBA, I mean, all of that stuff's forgotten, and uh, he gets on with his career. So I don't think he's being arrogant at all. Tony? He's being right. I didn't. I didn't know that he even had any issues off the court. But even if even well, he didn't have any issues. It was something. Oh, with it was the NCAA fact, stuff. The yeah, NCAA the scandal. Stuff, they scandled him being, in with the. With he ended the, up being clear to that, right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't yeah. have any problems with him. I I, I think I think that's uh, much like Chris. I think that's just him speaking the truth. I think uh, there's almost there should be a consensus at this point that he's going to be the number one pick. Uh, I was very impressed with him. They had some interviews with some of the rookies that are going to be in that top the lottery and. I walked away very impressed listening to him talk about how he's uh, worked on his game. So I think he's going to be the number one pick, and I, I think it's much like LeVar Ball speaking into existence. <laughs> number three. Man, that is like the fourth LeVar Ball reference this week. So he's getting his checks from us. Boy, that's a first for me. I don't, I don't reference LeVar too much. I think Coach referenced him twice this week. <laughs> well, I know I didn't reference him. Yeah, I, I don't I'm like him. pretty he's, sure he's it was got Coach. A whole, he's got a chapter in the book. Yeah, he does. He's got a chapter in the book. Yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens will lose their final two OTA practices this week because of a league infraction, and owner Steve Bashotti and Coach John Harbaugh will receive fines. They were fined apparently because they have have pass contact rules and OTAs and the Ravens weren't following them. So Tony, does this even teach the Ravens a lesson at all? What's the point of punishing them? What's the NFL doing here? Well, if somebody hits your pockets for 50 grand and 100 grand respectively, I think it would send a message immediately. I know it would send me a message. So, <laughs> I'm assuming John Harbaugh uh maybe it doesn't touch the owner as much, you know, maybe he's uh a little bit unscathed in this, but ultimately I think this is one of those situations where the team got caught. And I think there's a bunch of more teams out mm. there probably practicing with pads on when they shouldn't be. And uh, the Ravens got caught, and they got to pay the consequences. Chris? You know, this is a situation that was a problem in college football, too. I mean, not the NFL so much. I mean, we've heard about it in the college ranks a lot, though. Coaches just doing too much practicing in pads. And, uh, you know, look, they're trying, to, they're trying to keep guys healthy in the NFL. you got to follow the rules. But taking away a couple of practices is a – is a slap on the wrist in general. Number two. Ryan Shazier held a pref- press conference in Pittsburgh today and said that his dream is to play football again. We've talked about this a few times. I mean, I'm sure he can get a coaching gig somewhere. I'm sure he could do something else. But, uh, Chris, why do you think he keeps telling us that he wants to play again, even though of his injury that was so serious on Monday Night Football? 
You know, it's funny. Somebody came up to Tony uh, earlier today here at the, the Ale House, and, and it was Ale asked. Smith. Ale, Ale Smith. Smith. I'm sorry. And said, and asked him why guys, some guys hang on and, and keep playing baseball maybe after the, their prime. And the answer is simple because it's fun to play baseball. And until they tear the uniform off your back, you want to, you want to play. And that, that was the answer you gave, and right. I agreed with it. So it's the same answer I'm going to give you on Ryan Shazier. I, sure, he's taking a chance. He's taking a risk. But I, every guy in the NFL is taking a risk every time they step on that field. Maybe he, his risk is a little more acute. But if you got a chance to play in the NFL and that's that's something that you get great joy from, I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. Yeah, Tony? So, I think sometimes uh, we get in society, we get caught up about worrying about other people more than they're worrying about themselves, and it shouldn't work that way. I think Shazir, uh, listen, I was watching that game too. It was frightening to watch him, you know, rave in pain on the ground. But ultimately, if he is in his mind okay to go out and play, who, who are we to tell him no? They should allow him to play if, if he's healthy enough. He's going to have to be cleared by a doctor inevitably to play anyway. So uh, that dream won't come true unless he's cleared by probably multiple doctors. And at that point, you know, if, if, the, if all that goes well, let the man play. I mean, he's, he's said this about two or three times. I don't think people believe him that he, will, he can come back and play football again. Yeah, no, I, I don't think people believe believe him either because they all saw what we saw on national TV that day, and it was brutal. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to wrap your mind around somebody wanting to play after going through that, but clearly, he's in that place. The fact that they don't believe him, I think, is also spurring him on yeah, exactly. to want to do it even more. Exactly. Number one. All right. Did, did you guys see the Red Sox pitcher Stephen Wright and his knuckleball? I just sent it out on Twitter at nine seven three the fan SD. Check it. Check this video out because it's pretty cra- crazy. But it made me think to ask you too. And Tony, you play in the major leagues. What's the hardest pitch to hit? Uh, hundred and five point seven mile per hour <laughs> fastball. <laughs> I would think so. Okay. Have you tried hitting a knuckleball before? Have you been a fickleballer? I mean, I don't mean to brag, but Stephen Wright is in my short portfolio of home runs. Wow. So, you know, that home run. Uh, was it, it a knuckleball? It, it was a knuckleball. No, actually, it was a fastball. He fell behind, had wow. to throw a fastball, and I took yeah. him to the bridge. Wow. Okay, I've never played in the major leagues, but I think I have a very good source for this answer. He's going to say a split finger fastball. I'm going to say split finger fastball because that's what Tony's dad said was the hardest pitch to hit. So if he says that, that's good enough for me. That that's works. accurate. That's accurate. That, I would. I would say. I would also say a good split finger fastball is going to be the toughest pitch uh, that that anybody has to face. You're seeing it right now with Kirby Yates. He throws that split that's about. 88, and what makes it difficult is it looks like a fastball, and all of a sudden, like the bottom of the ball falls out, and the ball just goes straight down. Yeah, this knuckleball is pretty crazy. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you. I've seen some great knuckleballs, though, and I would I would love to try what would have tried to hit one of those. Like, who had the best knuckleball? Did you ever get to see a, like a Wakefield? Or, I got uh, to see Dickies when he started when he started throwing it really hard and really hard for a knuckleball is like 77, yeah. 78, and the ball's kind of dancing is on you. Is it freaky a little bit? It is a little freaky. I think you get the more you see them, the, the, you get used to it. And the one information I took from my dad was, so one time in a baseball game where you get to treat it like softball. You go up there, you get whatever stance you want, and you swing as hard as you can. Because trying to guide a knuckleball when it's dancing all over the place can make you look like you've never swung a bat before. So you're better off going up there, being loose, and taking your hardest softball hack. And I, and I think I had more success once I started doing that against knuckleballs. 
Why didn't you tell me that before I started playing <laughs> softball this season? Now you tell me five games into the season, I'm on an 0-for-37 slump like Villanueva. Now I'm going to break out of it, I hope. Well, I mean, if you're like Villanueva, then you certainly are going to break out of I'll it. I'll break out of it. I'm Chris Ellen. I'm Tony Gwynn, Jr. Thanks for joining us today. It's Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's new home for Padres baseball, 97.3, the fan. We are in Mira Mesa. Right off Miramar Drive, Ale Smith Beer Brewing Company having a great time today. And just the people out here have been so nice coming up and saying hello and everybody enjoying uh, beer specials and the food trucks that are here. And uh, we're giving away Padre tickets and SeaWorld tickets and Lululemon gear and all kinds of good stuff. So uh, we'll be here till 7 o'clock, stop by. But just very thankful to the people up here at... Uh, at the Ale Smith Brewing Company. I had not been here before, and now I'm going to come here probably every day. This place is awesome. So, they got, yeah. they got the mezzanine upstairs. They got the, the big spread downstairs where, with, where, all the, where everybody kind of mingles. We are in the dugout room right now. Uh, it's, it's built much like a dugout. You know what's funny is I feel very comfortable in this room because in my baseball career as a seldom-used pitcher, I spent a lot of time in the dugout. Me and you both. So I'm very comfortable in here. I very, feel both. very much at home. In my big league career, I, I got to spend quite a few, <laughs> quite a few, quite a, quite a bit of time on, on the bench. Far too time much to time. time in the dugout. But it's, I'm, it's, I'm having a good time in the dugout today. It, it's part of it. Remember, you guys can reach us at, uh, uh, check our website out, 973thefansd.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter counts eight at 973thefansd and Instagram counts 973 the fan and i uh i had a blog on there yesterday i wrote about i took my uh, my mom to her first padre game on sunday that's right that's and, right i uh, saw you guys yeah and uh she's she grew up in we all grew up in la so she's a big dodger fan but i'm trying to switch her over now that she's moved down to san diego yeah, good luck with that and well we got a good start on it because the other day the bases were loaded there were two outs and my mom stood up and got everybody in the in the box cheering. And then Hunter Renfro hit a grand slam on Sunday. Oh, so she was pumped up there. My mom thinks that she was responsible for the grand slam. So now she's kind of leaning a little Padres yeah, I right mean, now. If I have this so, kind of willpower over the Padres, I think I would be a fan too, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was my blog yesterday. You can check that out at uh, 973thefansd.com. Uh, you know what else you can check out and should be checking out on this radio station is Dan Cilio's show in the morning. Yeah. His list of guests is a who's who of the sports world. It's incredible. And, uh, I'm kind of jealous, honestly. Like, yeah. Scraby, step your game up. Bro. Wow. Who's better guests, man. <laughs> you know, I get jealous, oh. too, when I see it. Oh, what are you going to say now, Scraby? I didn't hear him. <laughs> yeah, you heard me, sucker. <laughs> Do you know who scored more points in one NCAA tournament than any other player in history? I do because I'm a Michigan fan. I grew up kind of liking the Michigan Wolverines. You did? I did. I was a huge Fab Five, fab five guy, and from that point, I kind of my dad made me do research um, before the Fab Five, so I know a little bit about our next guest that's gonna gonna hop on here. Yeah, Dan Cilio had this guy on. He was. Well, you talking? We talking about Steph Curry being a great. He was shooter. also a Laker too. I want to point that out too. For a little while. A little while. But his big time career was mostly what Miami, Charlotte, Charlotte, Miami. Yeah. But University of Michigan. He scored more points in one NCAA tournament than any player in history. Cilio had him on. Thought you'd enjoy hearing a little bit of this interview with the great Glenn Rice. It's like my NBA guy. 
Him and Charles Oakley. I love Oak Tree, man. When they start barking, Rick Barry, too. We started having conversations with Rick's great on the radio, too. But here's what I love about Glenn. If I threw this out to you, led the league in scoring when he was in Charlotte. Do you know that? I just looked it up, man. Almost 27 a night when he was there with the Hornets. And you look at his all-star career. Then he goes over with the Lakers and he wins that championship. And I think it was 99-2000 that he won that championship. And he also is a finals most valuable player in the NCAA with Michigan. And he did that with Steve Fisher. We bring our friend Glenn Rice in on the Dan Cilio Show here on San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Good morning to you, Glenn. Good morning. How you doing, buddy? Oh, good. Glenn... What championship ring means the most to you? The one you won in college at Michigan or the one you won with the Lakers? Whew. Well, that is a great question. You know, I get asked that a lot. I still have not figured out which is above the other. I'm just very thankful that I got both. <laughs> yeah. Answer, oh, you must be running for the mayor of South Beach. That's what you're doing right here, right? <laughs> that was a great answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, for a mayor down there, absolutely, Glenn. Hey, Glenn, let, let, let's get into the NBA Finals. Um, okay. Tell me, you know what? I, I asked Rick Barry this question, and I'll ask you. You know, I we all compare you guys. When we look at certain scores, and we look at guys who are scores, and Rick defined it for me. I say, there are shooters. And there are scores. Steph is actually both, okay? But he's kind of like a unicorn in a way. I can't compare him to anything, right? He's one of the most unique guys in the history of the sport and the way he scores. Do you see it that way, too? Yeah, he's he's different from anything that I've ever seen and even heard of. I mean, like I said, he, he, Rick is definitely right. He's a scorer and he's a shooter. And, and he's becoming one of the best. It scores. I mean, he's. We know he's. I, I. You know, it's hard for me to say this, but I got to go with evidence. He. He has to be the best shooter I've. I've seen and and the NBA have seen. Wow, ever. So you think he's one of the best, ever. if not the best? He's the best perimeter shooter you've ever seen, and that includes Ray Allen. I, I. I have never seen anyone shoot it with consistency from the range that he shoots it from. Glenn, who's the most important player on that Warriors team, in your opinion? You know, I. I got to say Draymond Green. I think he's a guy that really holds this team together uh, because when the ball goes to him, he is such a facilitator with the basketball. I mean, he, you know, it's kind of real easy to pick out which three of the uh, three demons you want to throw it to, whether it be Durant, Curry, or Thompson. But he's in that position where he's like the glue. I mean, if you think back in – when he missed the games in the uh, their run, uh, well, I think it was last year or the year before when they won it, when they were in pursuit of the title and they ended up losing to Cleveland, was because of the games that he missed. So he he is that piece. Uh, as he goes, they go. When he provides the energy that he's capable of providing for that team, I mean, they're like a they're an unstoppable team. You know, it's funny. Rick Perry said the same thing. And, you know, I got a guy in here, and my guy Hammer basically said the same thing. He yeah. says, he's the guy that says this, I'll do it. And yeah. he's that guy, right? You have to have those type of players on your team for it to be successful. You got to I mean, he's that guy that dives on the loose balls. He's that guy that, you know, gets in other players' face, you know, to distract them from things they want to do. He's that guy that you call on to guard the best player on the other team. He. Yeah, that's his title, that guy. <laughs> Glenn Rice here on the Dan Cilio Show in San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3 The Fan. I'll ask you an even harder question now. 
This run that the Warriors are on versus your 99-2000 Laker team with Shaq and Kobe, who wins? Oh, we win that. <laughs> we win that, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things we're not going to do is try and match up with them. We're going to make them match up with us because, I mean, we had arguably another one of the greatest players and scorers in Kobe Bryant, and then Shaq, one of the most dominant players and I got to toss myself in there as being, you know, pretty good shooter. So <laughs> we we had all phases like that. Can I mean, Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, Rick Fox. We can name a few guys that we can stick in there that had length to be able to guard the Durant's and uh, stay in front of Thompson. So we, I think we would have edged them out. Glenn, expand on that a little more when you say that, because it looks like to me the same thing happened to the Rockets. They they try to play the Warriors game instead of having them play your identity game. Um, is that the mistake that you see that most teams in the NBA do today when they're facing the Warriors is that they climb on their side of the aisle and they try to match them up with their game? I think so. I mean, when you look around the league, there isn't not one team in the league that can match up with them and play their type of basketball. There's there's no way you're going to win that battle. You're going to, like the Rockets, you're going to end up getting tired, and then you're going to have the type of shooting percentage that the Rockets had. Although they are the closest team to uh, the Golden State Warriors as far as you know, getting up and down and shooting, they just don't have enough weapons. And if you don't have the proper weapons, you can't try and match their style of play. You have to continue to keep doing what you do best and make them adjust. Glenn Rice here on the Cilio Show here on San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3 The Fan. You were on the floor with Jordan many times. and Do you think the barbershop talk with Jordan and, uh, and James, how do you see that stuff? Again, a lot of it's media-driven. I, I, I get it, Glenn. And <laughs> it, it, it's barbershop talk, but how, how does a former player like yourself look at that conversation? Yeah, it's it's you know it's a it's a, a hot topic, and I mean both guys are unbelievable players. I I would say I would have to you know give the edge to Jordan, and that's not a knock on what LeBron is doing, uh, because what he's doing at this particular time in his career uh, is is remarkable. I mean I don't think it's ever been done at that type of level, uh, but Jordan is that man. He he's the goat. Uh, I've seen Jordan go out there and score. 35, 40 points with guys draping on them. And when you compare it, when you try to compare the players, you, I mean, it's, it's hard to do that without comparing the type of play of the game at that particular time. Uh, it's a loose game now. I think I can go out there and average probably anywhere from 25 to 30 points on how loose the game is today. When you, when you say loose, um, tell me if I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm understanding that. To me, when I see that there's no five, I mean, like, there's no Shaq, there's no Shaq or Ewing or Lajuan or any of those kind of guys on the box. So when you see these triple doubles today and you're seeing guards and you're seeing ones go out and getting triple doubles, I mean, it tells you a little bit about where the game is today, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a faster game. I mean, it doesn't allow you to sit sit down and pound guys like we had the opportunity to do it in, we, uh, in our era. It was a more as far as the physicality of the game, it was totally different. Uh, now you can't you can't go out and roughhouse guys to try and slow them down. You're pretty much at the mercy of the offensive uh, guys' uh, ability, and that's just going to be hard to do, regardless of uh, whether you're a mediocre def- defender or one of the best. It's just going to be hard. Glenn, when you look at 
Kevin Durant going and leaving Oklahoma City and going to the Golden State Warriors, do you, in your opinion, mm-hmm. do you look at him in a different light compared to when you came in the league that, look, if you were drafted by that team, you stayed there because of free agency issues. I know the game was different then. Jordan mm-hmm. gets drafted by the Bulls. He carries that team to a title. Ewing gets drafted by the Rockets. He carries that team to a title. Do you think that there's a different perspective on how you see those guys versus a guy like maybe even LeBron that was afforded? And by the way, they did nothing wrong with the rules. They 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 enforced everything that was there in free agency. So I'm not trying to throw shade on them, but I'm just trying right. to look at people and how we see them versus some of the elites in the game that have played prior. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, when we when Kevin Durant made that move, uh, yeah, everybody was a little disappointed, and and here's why, because they looked at him as one of the great players. They looked at him as one of the players that uh, should be able to carry a team to a championship. And and once he went and joined the Warriors, who already had uh, three All Stars, uh, you've seen a shift, and that shift became to what it is today, uh, that dominant team, and. Uh, but I, I, I don't blame Kevin Durant uh, because he's in pursuit like everyone else in trying to win titles. Uh, I just think in our era we uh, tend to uh, try and uh, do it ourselves or do it with the team that we uh, started uh, started our mission on. So, but like you said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you know everybody believed that uh, Kevin Durant had the capabilities of taking a team to a championship uh, with guys uh, behind him. I'm going to tell you one thing about Glenn Rice, and a uh, good interview by Dan Cilio there this morning, and uh, you can catch uh, Dan Cilio's show every morning right here on 97.3 The Fan, 5 to 9 a.m. One thing about Glenn Rice, and a lot of people in this basketball generation probably don't, maybe not remember Glenn Rice as well as, as I do, as well as you do, but he kind of was in that same category we were talking about before with Steph Curry and yeah. Kevin Durant. There was one way to stop Glenn Rice, and that was hope he missed the shot. Right, because he had a pure stroke. Man. I mean, he was one of those guys when he shot much like Steph Curry, you just assumed it was going in, and you were surprised when it didn't go in. I got to be honest with you, I think his shot was prettier than Steph Curry's. It was because he was like he's like six seven, six yeah. six. Steph Curry has has a little bit of a funky delivery, um, but that's what part of what makes him special is he, that he doesn't shoot like anybody nobody shoots like steph curry i don't think you would teach steph curry shooting style in a how-to video necessarily he's that's i think that's part of why he's so relatable right because he's shorter he like all of and us he shoots you know he shoots he shoots like a guy who's shorter than everybody and that's why kids i think enjoy watching steph curry play but you're right glenn rice had one of the he had the stroke that everybody uh pictures ray allen having he yep. had that before ray allen and you know who else was a good shooter in the Glenn Rice era, right alongside of Glenn Rice in Charlotte, a guy by the name of Del Curry. <laughs> People familiar? do not know that Steph Curry's dad, Del Curry, could shoot the lights out. He not was, as not his son, but he was awesome. He was like a hired gun. Like you knew if he was in the game. You just had to run him off the three-point line. He was in the game to really do nothing more than just assassinate you from three-point line. I think that's funny when it, when there's a guy that I followed as a kid growing up, Del Curry, and now I'm watching his son outdo him. And people have – I mean, they show Del Curry on the TV once in a while. They go, oh, there's his mom and there's his dad. I go, no, that's Del Curry. <laughs> right. that, Del Curry was a great shooter. A great this guy, shooter. give him some credit. 
you know, some of the genes got passed along. He played Steph. a long time because because of just that he could shoot. Because right. uh, I mean, he was he was old and gray when he was still in the league, <laughs> but was still knocking threes down though. Yes, uh, Del Curry was a great shooter, not as great as Steph Curry. By the way. Uh, game uh, three of the NBA Finals getting started shortly. Andre Iguodala is indeed playing tonight for the Golden State Warriors. That's so, trouble. So everything that I have said about the Cavaliers' chances to win this series, I have to stand by them. Otherwise, I'd look kind of weak. You would. But it really is going to be tough now. Because right. Andre Iguodala's just, my goodness, he's... I was going to say he was the equalizer, but he's not the equalizer. He just puts Golden State further ahead. He does. I mean, he makes it really tough. He's the only guy in the league that I think makes it really tough on LeBron. And does doesn't mean he stops LeBron. doesn't mean LeBron has a bad game because he doesn't usually at least. No. Uh, but he, he, makes it, he makes it more difficult on LeBron. So as much work as LeBron has been doing these first two games, He's going to be doing even more with Iguodala chasing him around. And this isn't like a, a 50% Iguodala. Remember, he hurt his knee, what was it, game one of, uh, of the— missed six games. He missed six games. So yeah. uh, for, according to what I'm reading, he, he doesn't feel any, feel any pain in his knee at all. So that means you're going to get a really healthy Andre Iguodala, which could be a lot of it, I don't know if you noticed it in game two the other night uh, near the end. Of, I think it was the third quarter, or second or third quarter when— um, Bell was a Jordan Bell that was trying to guard LeBron. James on yeah. an inbounds, and he he held him, and he ended up getting a technical foul because it was a call made out of bounds. Right, and Andre Iguodala called him over and talked to him for a couple seconds, and then do you remember what happened next? No, they threw the ball in bounds, and Bell stole the ball. I mean, Andre Iguodala, whatever he told him worked. worked. He just said, go out there, do this, 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 and this, and you'll, you'll get a steal. Get a steal. Right. And he got a steal right away, and they showed Andre Iguodala on the bench going, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's, I told him that. Yeah. I taught him that. Yeah, so uh, Andre Iguodala's so, good. So Andre Iguodala will play tonight. Supposedly, Rodney Hood, uh, one of the acquisitions that Cleveland made at the deadline when they brought in a, like pretty much a new squad, Right. he supposedly is going to play a little bit more today. I, I'm trying to figure out what... Tyron Lue is trying to do from a schematic standpoint because Roddy Hood hasn't looked good in any playoff game. He's been probably why he's been on the bench up until now. He's he's the same guy who was complaining about his playing time during the playoffs. Complaining about his playing time, he wouldn't go into a game. He wouldn't go into the game, right? Because he felt because they were too far ahead, and he thought he was being dissed by being asked to go into a blowout. So Tyron Lue basically said, well, you don't want to go into this game. You're not going to go into any games. Yeah, so he's, he's had to pay for that. And now they're turning to him to try and save the series? That's what you're making. That's what there. I'm good. <laughs> I don't like my chances. Yeah. I like my chances a whole lot better with LeBron handling the ball and passing and hoping that Kyle Korver's hot and J.R. Smith is hot and these guys do a little bit better job at home than they did up in Oakland because Kyle Korver, sorry, but and I know he's – you know, he's not in the prime of his career, but he's he needs to score more than one point, which is all he got in game two on a technical free throw. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Korver can change a game around if you make him make Golden State guard him, but he hasn't been able to get going at all. That's the thing that I think we're forgetting about Golden State is they're one of the better defensive teams in no, the NBA. No, I think they're the best. They're, okay, they're the best defensive team in the NBA, so it's not as though uh, Cleveland – isn't trying a whole bunch of different things. They what makes Golden State so difficult is they can switch. They have all guys who are like six, with the exception of Steph Curry. Everybody's six seven or taller, so they switch everything. 
Steph Curry is a good enough defender that it's not just a complete mismatch unless it's LeBron James, in which case it's a mismatch for everybody. But you notice whenever Cleveland does get a one-on-one situation against Steph Curry, whoever they, has the ball attacks they the go, basket because they know that's their chance. They've taken the same playbook that Houston Rockets had mm-hmm. for, for their seven games, and yeah. they've applied it to their series, and it's been effective. It just hasn't been effective enough because on the other side, and that's why I say Cleveland can't look at this as trying to stop uh, the Golden State Warriors. They have to think of it as we got to try to outscore them because that's the only way they have a shot. They got to run the run the score up. They got to shoot better from three. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things Cleveland has to do to win, and that's what makes it. A that's mismatch. why it's so hard for that's, them to win. That's why it's because a they have to do so many things in order to win. Right, but. I got. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm on record. Scraby will play the tape probably until you know next season. So the Cleveland well, Cavaliers, with one of the greatest going, players in sports history, are going to beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Apparently, he's already got it queued up, ready to roll. Uh, uh, that was uh. my favorite part of wait, that. Did you hear? Wait, play that again. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That's my favorite part of that clip. Is you. Going, uh, uh, you're, dummy! You're just jumping all the way out the window <laughs> you with this dummy. one. Dummy! Yeah, that's basically what you were saying, right? I've there. never had a clip more ready <laughs> than dumb. that clip right there. <laughs> I mean, you were ready for that clip, uh, great. Uh, uh. <laughs> Hello, you're a legend. Where'd that one go? <laughs> you can't get Hello, that one. You're a legend. Thank you, Scraby. Thank you, Scraby. Hurt the Pelota big time. Yeah. That was because we missed missed that guy. We missed him. Where's he at? I know he's feeling better, though. Ted Leitner, we miss you, and we know he's going to be back soon. But uh, when we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk to a young lady. I'm kind of looking forward to this interview just to see how she thought of all this. She has become an overnight celebrity celebrity sensation on social media, over a million views of uh, this young lady last night at Petco Park. Uh, we'll tell you about her and uh, introduce you to her when we come back. Uh, I'm Chris Ello. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3, The Fan. Mm, mm, mm.